0: General Kenobi. You are.
1: there welcome to episode nine of hello there a star wars podcast your weekly show for all things star wars my name is anthony palm and with me as always is my good friend nate hicks how you doing Nate?
0: good good um very tired very tired hurting so you moved (laughs) this past
1: week so how'd that go
0: uh this has been a very stressful weekend uh you know your your usual staying up until midnight buying a putting together a bookshelf that you bought at walmart so you can sit your tv on you know stuff like that
1: yeah Uh, that was me that was me in september yeah we moved here so fun fun uh we got a good show lined up for you guys this week uh so everyone online is talking about george lucas and what his original intentions for the sequel trilogy were uh so we're gonna jump into that i'm excited to talk about that actually because it's it's different (laughs) than I expected his ideas to, to be. So we'll, we'll get into that. Uh, and we're also going to talk about um, some stuff with with Solo, a Star Wars story, and uh, I want to talk a little more about Solo, uh, Han, <laughs> Han Solo, and Lando uh, and their relationship a little bit. And then we're going to close out. Uh, you actually have been... You started Star Wars Battlefront 2's campaign for the first time. Uh, so we'll talk about that and your thoughts on that, and I can kind of jump in. Uh, you haven't beaten it yet, so... Uh, obviously, I'm not going to s- spoil anything for you, but we'll talk about that. Uh, and then just teaser for the week of Holocron. This week, we're going to be talking about the Bountea Eve Classic, uh, which was that exciting race from Star Wars Episode One: A Phantom Menace. Uh, so, yeah, anything you want to talk about before we kind of jump in? Because I really, I'm excited to talk about this uh, this whole George Lucas sequel trilogy idea. Uh,
0: no, uh, other than that, let's go ahead and let's go ahead and jump into it because that's going to be a good discussion by itself. All right, so. Let's kick it off.
1: Uh, So this specific link that I am looking at is from Forbes.com. I think you're looking at one from Nerdist, but the quote is from the same place. Mm -hmm. Uh, It comes from, uh, what is it, James Cameron's, what is is it called? Let's
0: see. Uh, James Cameron's Story Story of of Science science fiction
1: Fiction TV show. So, okay, so that's where this quote comes from. Uh, and the rest of the article that I'm looking at is just kind of editorialization, so I'm not worried about that. Uh, so, but George Lucas says, "quote My sequel trilogy was going to get into the microbiotic world. There's this world of creatures that operate differently than we do. I call them the Wills, and the Wills are the one who actually control the universe. They feed off the Force. Of course, a lot of the fans would have hated it, just like they did Phantom Menace and everything. But at least the story would have, been, the whole story, from beginning to end, would be told." So, uh, all
0: right. What do you think? Well, by that quote alone, that quote sounds like George Lucas. That sounds like something he would say. I mean, (laughs) when I first started getting on, getting on the internet more and, you know, looking up Star Wars stuff, this was, you know, several years after the prequels finished, um, I would always see, you know, uh, George sarcastic remarks about, you know, people criticizing, the, the movie so much, so I mean this definitely sounds like a quote from him, but I mean it sounds it sounds really interesting um, I remember going into the last Jedi whenever that um, scene where the uh, ancient jedi texts were we didn't know what they were at the time we assumed it was the journal of the wills yeah um, yeah that was that was that's what I thought they were gonna be yeah. Um, my first reaction is, this is interesting, but I don't know if I would have wanted to see that because I think that that's something that makes the force so special is we don't know what it is. So when you go to explain what the force is, that's kind of getting into a territory of, well, that maybe I didn't want to know that, you know, how people kind of are reacting to Solo was like, I didn't want to know what his origin was. I was fine with the story that I had come to know. Oh boy, so (laughs) uh,
1: The thing with this is And he he mentions midichlorians in there was another quote where he mentions the midichlorians. Oh Let me see if I can find that quote. So basically this idea that he has so the wills essentially are according to george which this is n- not canon right now because it's not you know that's not what's happening but whatever <laughs> uh forget canon for a minute let's just hypothetically say this is what uh let's hypothetically say george never sold lucasfilm and uh episode seven is coming out this is what it's going to be about uh i want to take a step back and i want to talk about midi-chlorians for a minute okay because i feel like people just instantly get really mad Anytime the midichlorians are mentioned and like that scene in Phantom Menace. And it sounds like that scene was there for George to set up the whole sequel trilogy, uh, which obviously never happened. Um, Well, not his, at least. So the way I always interpreted the midichlorians, because there never really was any true explanation for them, aside from just that uh, they kind of measure your connectivity to the force, I guess you could Mm -hmm. say. Um the way I always understood them is that your force sensitivity drew midi-chlorians to you. Uh, and that they were kind of symbiotic with the force. Uh, or they were symbiotic with a person that was force sensitive. So I never interpreted it as like the midi give you the force. I always interpreted it as just they were kind of there because of the force. And that's why I never understood why people got so mad about it. Because it's like, who cares? Like... Like, why, why is that? You know what I mean? Um, so this actually, this quote kind of actually matches up with that, I think. Where, mm-hmm. where the wills are the force. It sounds like that, that that's what he's saying. There, again, there's another quote I can't find. But I'm pretty sure he, he said, like, the, the wills basically are the force. Yeah. Uh, and so it's, it's very strange how the midichlorians are microbiotic organisms but then the wills are even smaller microbiotic.
0: <laughs> well it's like the midichlorians Or I'm with you I always saw them as a unit of measurement I didn't see them as oh you are you have midichlorians you know they're, they give you the power and the force exactly like you said I never thought that either like we, we thought we thought of it exactly the same um, something else that pops in my head after reading that quote is uh, I feel like gareth edwards probably took some of that inspiration to put towards uh rogue one because why else would you bring up the fact that like um, the guardians of the wills and all that? yeah that's the fascinated me i would have loved to know more about that i would love to see like an ancient jedi focus movie or some piece of content like that because I wanted to know about know more about those characters. And I don't know if you agree with me or not, but what I'm getting at is, is I don't know if I would have wanted to see the Force at a microscopic level. Like, oh, this is what makes the Force up. I like the fact of not having an, an exact answer to what the Force is. Right. So,
1: when it comes to the midichlorians, it's it's very interesting to me that a lot of people I know uh, and I'm not trying to get into any religious stuff right now. This is just pure commentary on my part. Um, I'm not I'm not I don't care what your opinion is, what your opinion is, it's your own opinion, that's fine. Um, but I just find it interesting that a lot of the people that I know that have a massive issue with ruin, you know, Midaclorians ruin Star Wars to them, yada 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 are also atheists. And it's like so you can explain real life with science instead of, you know, believing in something. But in Star Wars all of a sudden, when you use science to explain things, it's just—it's very—it's a very interesting kind of uh, kind of observation that I made, you know, where uh, I think that there's kind of two schools of thought within the Star Wars universe. There's people like Qui-Gon Jinn, who they want to know the science behind it. They're they, they want to look into it and see, like, okay, this is how it all works. And then there's people more like Yoda, where Yoda is just more spiritual, and of course, mm-hmm. he learned from Qui-Gon. Uh, you know, because that—that's who taught him to be able to become a Force Ghost and you know communicate after, uh, communicate with the the uh, physical realm, you know after death. But it's, it's very interesting, uh, and I—I I don't know. I kind of would have. I'm probably in a very very small minority that actually would have wanted to see what George would have done with this.
0: Well, see, here's the thing. I—I I, I love all of the George Lucas. Movies like first the uh, A New Hope and then the trilogy like we the prequel trilogy we both really enjoy because there's just something so unique about George's take the way the, the way his, his style of filmmaking like it it's something that I enjoy it's it's good entertainment for me um, and I would have enjoyed to see it. I I probably would have enjoyed seeing it too <laughs> just on the surface level the whole I don't really want to know how like, how, on a microscopic level, microscopic level, how it all works, is just kind of, like, a, just a kind of a general thing. Now, like I, I wonder, when he says it would get into the microbiotic
1: world, I wonder if he's like, literally means, like, the movie takes place in a microscopic type of thing, or it's more, like, that Luke is learning about it. You know what I mean? Because if it's ah. just if it's just Luke learning about it, that's that's totally different than if it's, <laughs> you know what I mean?
0: Yeah, I would think it would be Lu- Luke learning about it because I don't really know how you would make a sequel trilogy that focuses on the Force itself. Like how, like what's your conflict there? What's your like? Then you get into like storytelling. Like what? What would you do there? And, of course, he probably would have figured it out. But, I mean, he's right. If he would have done that, everyone would have hated it because it it would be fun to hate like it would be the prequels.
1: I know. And it it sucks because as much as I love the original trilogy, the original trilogy, it's kind of – and I'm not hating on it. I love – you know, Empire is probably my favorite one. But the original trilogy, it's kind of – Like starts here, ends here, and it's kind of just a straightforward journey. Whereas the prequels, it's very complex. There's a lot of layers to it. You know, there's a lot of. That's why I love the prequels. Is there's a lot of kind of uh, nuance to them. Not you know dialogue aside, (laughs) but like the story. I mean, like the story of it. There's a lot of nuance to it. Uh, versus the original trilogy, it is kind of just like, all right, this, you know, movie starts, hero gets in trouble, hero saves yeah. the day. You know, it's, that's kind of what it is. And I, I love it for that. Yeah. But I think that to do that again with the sequel trilogy, which is kind of what Disney's doing, you know, I mean, I mean, Force Awakens really was kind of in a way a retelling of A New Hope. Yeah. Uh, and then Last Jedi is kind of the Empire Strikes Back if you turn it on its head, in a way. Yeah um i don't know i I think i actually would have enjoyed this i I really i wish that george would just write a book (laughs) you know like i wish that he would just write a book about his ideas for it because they'll never be canon obviously disney owns everything now and if anything disney will decanonize the things that i do like you know yeah
0: well what do you think would have happened if if he never sold to disney and he made this where do you think star wars would be now
1: i don't know if he would have made it to be honest I know he had treatments for it, but I don't know if he would have actually did it. But it's it's interesting to think like where would Star Wars be right now if it wasn't for Disney because if we didn't get an episode 7, let's let's say George did keep it. He had the treatments for episode 7, but he's not acting on it. He's not making them. And so the prequels and then clone wars um, would have been really all we had. We wouldn't have got Rebels, I don't think. At least not right away. Yeah. Maybe maybe once clone I think clone wars would have had an ending. Because that mm. got cut short because Disney Disney immediately just axed it and was like, "All right, now go make Rebels." Um, so I think Clone Wars would have had a clear ending. I think Clone Wars might have gotten more into this type of thing, because that's where they were they were headed in that direction with the whole, um, you know, with Yoda confronting uh you know the you know the trials with the faceless women priests i think that the priestesses um and having to confront you know the 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 force ghost of darth bane and all that type of stuff i think that the clone wars might have got more into this type of stuff and he might have used his ideas for the sequel trilogy in clone wars yeah
0: i think so too that, that would make a whole lot of sense. A character that I, I don't think we'll ever see any more of, but, I mean, after, spoiler alert for the end of Solo, after the whole thing with Maul, I really don't know now, I would love to see more about Qui-Gon Jinn. I think Qui-Gon no. Jinn is a severely underrated character, and he probably is one of the most important characters in the Star Wars universe. And I, it's, I loved his small parts that he had in Clone Wars, and what I loved even more was that Liam Neeson... Came back came to back do for
1: the voice. See, the thing that I love about Qui-Gon is uh, I saw a poll on Facebook. It's one of those kind of just like lighthearted ha fun kind of polls where it's uh-huh. like if you could save one character, who would you save? And one of the options was qui Jin, and I was like, You can't save Qui-Gon. You can't save him. Because yeah. if you save Quagon, the entire trilogy, the entire dual, you know, double trilogy changes. That's why the, that's why it's called Duel of the Fates. Yeah. Because Qui-Gon Jin dies and it's Obi-Wan that has to mentor Anakin. If Qui-Gon lives and Qui-Gon mentors Anakin, Qui-Gon probably does a hell of a lot better job. I mean, Obi-Wan does the best he could, but he didn't sign up for this shit. He's not supposed to be here today. Yeah, it's a clerk's reference. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I think that that that's kind of the the turning point in the entire you know saga. If you're just talking you know in universe, obviously it was decided before. <laughs> you know the prequels were made afterwards, so. Um, but that, story wise that's the turning point and so I would love to see you know what would be cool if hmm. one day George Lucas just says screw it and he doesn't care about licensing or anything and he just writes an alternative like like a novel with an alternative reality like a, an, an alternative episode 2 with if Qui-Gon had lived and Obi-Wan had died
0: dude
1: how cool would that be just to see it just that, just a what if type of thing you know what I mean because uh, what would happen? What would happen if if Maul had killed Obi-Wan
0: and Qui-Gon had lived? There's a part of me that wants to say that... I don't know. That's a really hard question because I think back to episode one, and um, do you think that... This is actually maybe a topic for another time, but um, do you think that Qui-Gon, when he was trying to reason with the council to get to allow them to train Anakin, do you think he mainly was speaking from emotion or logic and reasoning? Because when I think back on that scene, I think back on like, he, no matter what, wanted to train this kid and kind of the way his attitude was, was like nobody was gonna stop him from doing it. And it makes me wonder what path Anakin would've taken. Cause I don't think Anakin would've taken a tried and true Jedi path. I think that... Well,
1: Qui-Gon Jinn wasn't a tried-and-true Jedi. Correct. I mean, he was... And I I think that Qui-Gon... Because if you think about it, the whole dogma of the Jedi is kind of the means for Palpatine to kind of twist Anakin against them. And if Qui-Gon had already kind of been like, listen, I'm part of the Jedi, but I don't agree with everything they do, I think that immediately sets the seed for Anakin of, okay... I don't agree with them in the first place. So therefore I can see what they're saying, but also see another side of it versus Anakin being with them for so long and then feeling betrayed by them. Yeah. You know what I mean? Anakin was like quote, quote unquote kind of brainwashed up until, you know, revenge of the Sith. And then it kind of, to him at least it all turns on its head. And he's like, these all the Jedi betrayed me. Yeah. Whereas if it was Qui Gon would be like, you know, he, he taught the living force mm. and, you know, like uh, <laughs> I quoted it today at the at the frickin', uh, the grocery store today. <laughs> I was like, um, uh, "Be mindful of the here and now." When he's talking about, uh, then Obi Wan's like, "But Yoda, Master Yoda told me to be mindful of my feelings." He says, "But yes, but not exp- at the at the expense of the moment." And so I think about like the scene in the beginning of Attack of the Clones, with um, when they're in the in the tower. Uh, after Padme like goes to bed and and she uses herself as, as a decoy, and. Anakin and Obi-Wan are kind of going at each other, and I think if yeah. that was Qui-Gon instead of Obi-Wan I think that Qui-Gon handles that situation better I mm-hmm. think Anakin may respect him a little bit better because of the way that Qui-Gon would have taught him mm-hmm. And I wonder like what would have happened with that with that situation? How, how would it have gone differently? You know what I mean?
0: I definitely think that <laughs> if Qui-Gon would have lived the obviously, like you said, everything else wouldn't happen. But I think Qui Gon, and I feel like this is a no brainer, would have been able to see what Palpatine was doing, and would have been able to. I think he would have sensed it a lot sooner. Yeah. What's interesting? What see, this is another
1: cool thing. If Qui Gon lived, how would he have dealt with Dooku's betrayal? Because Dooku was his master. I mean, if it was if it was Qui Gon. Uh, you know, kind of like doing detective mode on on Geonosis and he got caught instead of Obi-Wan. A duke who's trying to brainwash Obi-Wan. Qui-Gon might have been like, you know what, you're right.
0: That would be awesome to... Uh... Man, we're falling down in like a deep, deep Star yeah, Wars hole it, it's right definitely, now. <laughs> It's definitely a what-if
1: type of thing, but it's just yeah. its so cool to think about. Um, but to get back to the George thing, I, I think that, that that's definitely the direction he was headed with the prequels, and then the prequels got so much backlash that he was like, you know what, screw this, I'm not doing yeah. it. Um, but I would have been interested to see what he would have done. And the thing is with Star Wars, and I want to word this carefully because I don't want to sound like a gatekeeper because I want everyone to enjoy Star Wars. But with the Disney movies, it definitely seems like a lot of people that I didn't know liked Star Wars now all of a sudden are hating on Star Wars because of the Disney movies are bad, you know? And it's like I yeah. feel like before they announced that they were making Episode 7, I kind of was – it wasn't as bad as like the 2000s and the 90s. And, you know, I wasn't alive for the 80s, but, I'm you know, it was like that back then as well. Uh, where you couldn't really tell anyone you were a Star Wars fan because you mm. were kind of a loser. You know, <laughs> you, like it kind of yeah. made you like a nerd in a bad way. I know a nerd is a cool thing now, but uh, we were nerds before. It was cool, uh, and <laughs> in a bad way. That's like that's not a brag. That's like a, yeah. it, Like being a nerd was like demeaning back then. I don't mean that as a brag. That was not a brag.
0: Yeah. Whenever I was in, I remember whenever I was in elementary school, one of the books I used to read and collect all the time were the Star Wars Tales comics. Uh, and I would have to keep them in my backpack and, like, keep them in there because there was one time that someone had saw them and, like, started to rip it up, and it was, like, one of my favorite issues. And so, like, you know, shit like that you had to keep down. You had to keep, like, you know, I can't tell anybody.
1: Right, and so and- the point I'm just kind of trying to get at is I think that if, if George had done this sequel trilogy instead of Disney buying it and then doing the very homogenized Disney sequel trilogy uh i think that i would have loved it and there would be a lot less star wars backlash because it's just like everyone hated the prequels already anyways so we're just gonna hate on that too and it would have just kind of been status quo yeah Um, whereas with the disney trilogy it's like they gave everyone hope with force awakens and then uh about 50 percent of everyone on the planet hates last jedi so it's kind of divisive it's i don't know I do wonder what it would have been like if Disney had never took Star Wars. And I'm glad Star Wars is back. I'm glad we're getting more Star Wars. I'm still taking uh, taking the movies as, you know, they are canon. Uh, I'm taking it as it is, not as how I want it to be. Uh, and that's kind of the main thing, and that's a, a lesson I learned uh, very heavily from, uh, from my favorite Star Wars podcast aside from ours, uh, Rebel Force Radio. And that's what they say all the time uh, is they want to take Star Wars as it is, not as they want it to be. And so that's mm-hmm. why we kind of – we talk about The Last Jedi – in universe, we don't talk about the Last Jedi from like the script, or or the, you know the actors or you know, anything. We talk about what happened in the movie. Yeah. Um, so I would have been curious to see what they would have did with this, because uh, who's who's the? Because maybe you get into more uh, explaining about Darth Plagueis, because uh, that's kind of that directly t- really ties in because the rumor was that, and I never read the Darth Plagueis novel. I actually want to read it even though it's now technically. Legends, I do still kind of want to read it, uh, but the rumor was that Darth Plagueis and and uh, Darth Sidious were the ones that willed the Force into creating Anakin, like they manipulated the midi yeah. and so maybe the sequel trilogy would have touched more on that. Maybe Darth Plagueis would have had you know factored into the sequel this the original sequel trilogy uh, that he had planned, and maybe Palpatine did figure into it as well. Maybe he maybe he did somehow find a way to come back and be the, the uh, primary antagonist again. You never know. So,
0: yeah. Um, I just had a, I just had a pop in real quick. I, I just recalled, this is total non sequitur, mm. but for like weeks the other day, we were in the, I was in the car with my wife and we were listening to don't stop me now by, um, queen. And I'm like, I feel like I've seen this song in an action scene recently. And I couldn't recall what it was, and it just popped into my head. It's that video that someone made of the um, Throne fight in The Last Jedi and put Don't Stop Me Now to the scene. Oh, I just remember what like it was. What like it was like the Guardians of the Galaxy 2 style? No, uh, no, the one – well, I don't know if they – I don't know if it was that edit, but it's the one, like, when it starts out when she calls the lightsaber and catches it sideways in the air and the music starts oh, playing.
1: Oh, I'm thinking of – there was another video the of Mr. The Mr. Blue Sky uh, – uh, there was it's whatever the song is in the beginning of guardians 2 when they're like fighting and then like the music on in the background and like Roots dancing but they did that to uh anakin and obi-wan on mustafar yeah, yeah yeah there was that one too there's a lot of like really funny edits of uh, yeah. star wars fights to to like old like older music
0: but that like, just like hit me out of nowhere i was like that's what it was because it was driving me nuts That was a good edit, though. That's a really good video. If you haven't seen it, you should check it out because it it matches up pretty well. That's kind of akin to, like, the the church fight in uh, Kingsman. Yeah. Yep, it's that kind of vibe. Yeah.
1: Kingsman's Kingsman's great. But this is a Star Wars podcast, so, uh, yeah, you got any closing thoughts on this whole microbiotic world, or are we just going to kind of leave it there?
0: Gonna kind of leave it there. I mean, me and you, there's there's not really a conflicting thought thought there. Unfortunately, we both are of the same mind. It'd be cool to see, but at the same time, like understand why it wasn't. Um, I really do, and I know they I know they won't because they can't because it's really technically George's. But um, like I said, with uh, Rogue One, like I liked the idea they had there with the Guardians. So I kind of wish. I guess maybe either in side content or in main movies like another trilogy i want to see more about jedi lore i want to see more ancient jedi stuff like you know maybe it's in the old republic maybe if they ever make an old republic set of movies or shows but i definitely want to see more of a historical take on the jedi order or the galaxy in terms of the jedi at some point you know yeah, I'm, I'm with you.
1: Um, maybe we'll maybe we'll talk about. Uh, I don't know. See, it sucks because like all the Old Republic stuff is now legends. It's not really mm-hmm. any the like the only, canon stuff. Prior to like the Battle of Naboo is like, the Darth Plagueis mentioned in Revenge of the Sith because that novel's not canon anymore and, um. The uh, uh, oh my god, I'm having a brain fart. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. Uh, what is his name? Uh, the guy that makes the Caiaphatius, uh, Master Caiaphatius, yeah. who does the who uh, uh, commissions the clone army. That's what I was thinking of. Sorry. Well, I the, the
0: the thing is, is I don't like it, it would be a little weird. But didn't they do that with Thrawn? Wasn't Thrawn a Legends character, and then they brought him into canon? Into right. So canon? They,
1: but they change like it's not it's not one for one. Like the like the heir to the Empire trilogy. That's not that they didn't recanonize that they just kind of took him and then reimagined him for uh for the current canon. Uh okay. which it was still the same author uh doing the throne book. I haven't read it. Um but I do want to get to it. But he is in uh, he's in Rebels as well. Uh, yeah. I won't tell you to what extent. Yeah, but I think the book, I think, I, the, books, Rebels, I think yeah. the novel is takes place before
0: Rebels, I sure. Yeah. There is stuff that they can do that is still canon. Will they ever do it, though, especially with the route that we see that they're taking with this? You know, it's that's kind of a good and a bad thing about all of this new Star Wars content we're getting from Disney is that we literally don't know what they're going to do. Like we had an idea of what they were going to do with The Last Jedi and Last Jedi came out and everyone was like, well, that's not what I expected at all. And that was in particular my experience. I expected absolutely nothing. I, I didn't expect anything that happened in the movie like it was kind of one of those initial and i've talked about this already initial reactions of well okay that's not what i would have done but it's not my movie you know so i don't know it's it's going to be definitely a a interesting interesting years that we have to come um but we still have a, a year and six months until episode
1: nine which is uh which is crazy um I guess we could probably talk about episode nine on episode nine. Would that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, that would
0: kind of a little uh, non sequitur.
1: Yeah. Cause I, I guess, cause, cause your battlefront two thoughts aren't going to be very long anyways. So, no, they're uh, not. so we'll, we'll just kind of add that towards the end of the episode. Uh, we'll get to Han and Lando in a minute, but I just want to talk just briefly, like where do they go with episode t- oh, episode nine? Like, I just don't understand. Like there's no resistance anymore. Uh, you know, there's like 10 people left from the resistance there's uh, the Millennium Falcon is like literally the only ship they have mm-hmm. like I just don't understand like was there another cell of the resistance that was like in a separate like part of the galaxy like I, I don't understand and then the first order is still taking things over so they still kind of won I mean they for all intents and purposes destroyed the resistance because there's no one left
0: I think I just, that, I just don't know where it goes you know <laughs> like I think that episode 9 has to be an intimate look at the characters. There has to be, like, reflection. There has to be... I think the main focus that they're going to try to do with Episode nine is Rey and Kylo. I think those are going to be the main anchor points of the movie of what's going to happen in the story. Um, Like I told you, like we talked about, I think it was a couple episodes ago, I would love if Episode nine just started off with reflection. Just all right let's all take a breath let's recap what happened like like as the characters be like all right so what happened with you oh man you know kind of like just what's been going on uh and because like we said in, in episode eight episode eight was go 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 the entire movie like there wasn't really like how it is in the prequel movies how there's something that happens and then there's a break and let's tell Let's show another scene that's going on while this is happening.
1: Right. And that's kind of, I know it's other people's least favorite parts, but my favorite parts of The Last Jedi are kind of when it slows down on Octo. and it's, and it's Rey and Kylo or it's Rey and Luke. Yeah. I know people hate like the whole, the, the milk part with the whatever, but if you take that out, if you take that one tiny little sequence out, I, everything else about it, you really can't, yeah. I, don't, I don't know how you can p- complain about it because uh, Luke gives a valid reason for kind of his, uh, his, his, isolation yeah and and why he's he kind of thinks the jedi should end and all that i think he does you know i think he has valid reasons for that Uh, i mean the again the milk thing it didn't bother me i get why it bothers other people (laughs) but but if you take that out of that i I think that ray and luke that that's really the only time we have any kind of character moments in last jedi everything else is just like it's it's a hurry run around run around everyone's ch- running run, run around without chick you know like chickens without heads and gotta get into the x-wing gotta go fight the 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 first order oh the first order about to catch us oh we gotta go in the escape pod to go to the place the, it was just very like like it's almost like the movie itself was anxious you know yeah. but, uh and, and so JJ that's why i like the with stuff that on octu because it slowed it down and you learned about luke you learned about you know and, and especially the, the Yoda and Luke scene, like you learn so much about both Yoda and Luke in that scene. It's yeah. like Yoda, like he's still even this long after death is still the same Yoda. And, and Luke kind of learns a major lesson to him, you know? And so I agree. And we did talk about that. I think last week too, where it's episode nine. It has to, has to, I think have a scene with Maz Kanata and she has to say, this is where I got the lightsaber. Yeah. And this is I why think- that lightsaber is important.
0: I, I think that... I think episodes nine gonna, Episode 9 is not going to focus on the universe as a whole. I think Episode 9 is going to be an intimate character story. Um, you know, because you had, like, f- Episode 5 and Episode 6, for example. Well, I would say more Episode 6. Episode 6, most of the movie is about, you know, them defeating evil. You know, de- you know, destroying the second Death Star and saving right. the galaxy where you have episode 5 episode 5 is Luke's journey throughout the movie and then discovering that his father is the guy who is was set up to be his his ultimate enemy so I'm not comparing episode 9 to episode 5 but what I'm saying is is I think that episode 9 is going to focus less on things like the resistance less on things like the first order you know le- well the only the only reason I
1: could see it not being like that is just because how do you take on the first order without <laughs> without a rivaling force you know what I mean it's literally the Millennium Falcon is all they have, yeah,
0: and they they i mean it can go either way at the uh, you know the ending of the last Jedi with them sending out a distress call and them saying no like they've read it, but they haven't they're not they're not calling back, and then I think what the line was was um. I don't I don't remember what the line was, but it's one of those that it makes it seem like yeah, there are other resistance cells out there, but they're not coming to the aid. So, I don't think I would want to see like, "Oh, hey, here's some more resistance ships. Like now we can go fight." Like I like I personally don't want to see don't want to see that. I don't want to see us taking on the First Order. I want to see what happens with with these characters. I want I want that intimate look. Um and then I want to know more. I mean, as far as uh, like overall universe, I want to know about the Knights of Ren. I want to know about Kylo as a character.
1: Uh, I don't know if we're gonna get that. <laughs> well, at I least I know. want to know. At least I want I think to know we, more. We of- might get flashbacks to to Kylo in training, and maybe that's how we bring Snoke back without. Yeah. Like physically resurrecting him.
0: I think um. it would be smart to have reflection periods with Kylo himself, like. Uh, maybe have scenes of Kylo just by himself, kind of adjusting to his role, like at basically a supreme leader now. And then, well,
1: I wonder if if Hux challenges Kylo. You know what I mean? Like, obviously he he kind of was just like, "All right, you win. Like you're about to choke me out. You win." But I wonder if politically he kind of challenges Kylo maybe and uh uh, like maybe the resistance just isn't listening to kylo and they're kind of just doing whatever or they're listening to other commanders. you know what i mean like i wonder if there's kind of going to be kind of dissent in the first order and maybe that's how the resistance they find a way to take advantage of that you know what i mean
0: (sighs) man i i just i really don't know especially after the last jedi i i don't know i don't know what to say about it i don't know what to theorize because i don't want to get disappointed
1: yeah, <laughs> well, especially after the Last Jedi, I. Okay, we'll, we'll move on after this question. Is there
0: a time jump in this, like a significant, so.
1: like significant, like a couple years?
0: I want. Uh, yeah, a couple years would be good. I, I there needs to be a period of growth for characters and maybe the resistance. Well, first
1: um, of all, they have to find a way to write Leia off. Yeah, because it's not bringing her back. So if you have it a couple years from now, you could say that she she got sick or she crashed a ship, you know, something you get that. You, you know what I mean? Whereas if it takes place immediately after Last Jedi, she was just fine in the Millennium Falcon. Like, what happened? Yeah. So I, I think that it has to just purely from that standpoint with with Leia, I think it has to be a time jump. Uh, but I also think that you need to reestablish the rebellion, like the actual mm-hmm. alliance to restore the Republic uh, instead of the resistance. Because yeah. I think the Resistance, it could have just been the Republic in the, in the, or the Rebellion in the first place. You know what yeah. I mean? And so I think that they need to reestablish the Rebellion.
0: I think it would be cool to see more of um, Ray's Force journey. And maybe this would scratch my itch for Kylo. Not Kylo, for uh, Qui-Gon Jinn. Um, of having maybe a scene where she is seeing force ghosts uh see there's a thing from rebels that i want to
1: talk about but i can't talk about because it's a spoiler for you see so you, okay. you need to finish rebels man <laughs> just go well, i have
0: I, I i'll probably do my free trial now because i i was using the disney oh, right, has have good internet
1: now so you don't yeah have
0: D- disney had has this app where i guess for kids shows primarily but it had all of rebels on there for free and now it doesn't now it only has season four
1: so all right so go do your trial playstation view and crank through it yeah uh, Because you have good internet now, so you don't have an excuse.
0: Yeah, Um, I don't.
1: Yeah, there's there's something in Rebels uh, that happens in Season 4. It's like the last four or five episodes that I think could have something to do with Episode 9, but it's a spoiler for you. So uh, maybe we'll talk about that whenever you watch Rebels, which should be this week. Because there's nothing happening this week. Everything's boring. Yeah. Except (laughs) for Mario Oasis coming out Friday. Um, So, yeah, so we'll put a pin in Episode 9 for now, obviously. uh, We'll we're bound to hear something to do with this movie coming soon hopefully in a title at least If even if that's all we get is a title it's gotta be coming soon
0: it's either gonna be in July or August but I could see them revealing it at Celebration next year
1: <sighs> yeah hmm Celebration would be a good I feel like Celebration makes sense time wise if it's not if it's not announced by then it has to be celebration yeah so we'll see uh so let's move on so I wanted to talk a little bit about Han and Lando uh specifically so where they leave off in Solo a Star Wars story is Lando uh is in his crashed and blown up Millennium Falcon on Severine and abandons Han and Chewie and Beckett and and Kida and then, at the very end, like the stinger to the movie, is that Han finds him on some kind of lush-looking planet and, you know, beats him at his own game of Sabak and, and takes the ship. Now, for, for, uh, hypothetically, let's just say there's not going to be a Solo 2. Just hypothetically. And it, and that this is all we get. And then the next time we see them together is Empire Strikes Back. Do you think that that's the only time they ever have anything to do with each other? Or do you think that they have more adventures together down the road, like in between then and Empire Strikes Back.
0: They've got to have more adventures. I mean, the relationship that we are, that is portrayed in the original trilogy with uh, uh maybe not necessarily Empire, I feel like you see more of their relationship in Jedi, like just with their interactions with each other. Um, there's something more than, hey, we did this heist once and you left me stranded. Yeah, they have had to have more interactions with each other between Empire and um, Solo. I mean, they just had to. Yeah, because uh, and even in Empire,
1: Lando is just kind of like, you got a lot of you got a lot of brass or whatever. He said, you know, you got a lot of guts, a lot of guts, you know, come around here after what you pulled. It's like, what did he pull? Yeah, you yeah, know, so there's got to be something.
0: Well, it um, could be it could be simple answer that that could be what he's referring to, with him uh, taking away his tricks at the Sabat game, and but that's stealing. Lando cheating,
1: not Han cheating. Like that implies that Han yeah, cheated Yeah, but, but you know? Han
0: cheated Lando,
1: but Lando was the one cheating. So that's dumb. I that's, know. Well, that would be, inter- so be so stupid. <laughs> that's like Lando. Like you're mad at him for winning fair and in- square. So I don't know. I I think I hope that we get maybe a novel would be cool I think I don't uh, I don't think we're getting solo 2 I Uh just don't I wonder what uh I don't even want to look I was gonna say I wonder what the Rotten Tomato score is for solo but I don't even want to know because I don't don't want to even get into that
0: I don't think it's you keep talking about it's good
1: I mean it's it's a good score it's just like
0: 79 last I checked
1: and the, the thing that sucks about Solo not doing well at the box office is that it is a good movie and that people just aren't going to see it. That's the problem.
0: It's, yeah. Yeah, it, I mean, it is. It, it really is. It is a good Star Wars movie. It's just not what I think people wanted from a quote-unquote mainline Star Wars movie. You know, but I think it,
1: if this movie came out after Episode Nine, it would have done way better.
0: Now is that are you saying that with already predicting that JJ's gonna regain the faith back with episode nine? Is I just think I just from? think if
1: you give it space.
0: Or even if you had
1: even I if see it what was like mean. Last Jedi comes out twenty seventeen. Let's say Solo comes out twenty nineteen, Episode nine comes out twenty twenty one. I think if you if you had space or even if, even if episode 9 came out 2020. So let's say there's a year between, a full year between Last Jedi and Solo, but then you can have episode 9 the year after Solo. I think that would have done wonders for Solo. Yeah, I think so too. And it's also, I, I, it's I knew that this was going to happen too because when I saw Avengers, then Deadpool 2, then Solo, all within three or four weeks of each other before Avengers moved up, it's like like, what are you doing like why are you putting your own why are you cannibalizing yourself it doesn't make any sense because well, disney I... owns all of it you know well i mean fox owns deadpool too, technically yeah. but it's still in collaboration with uh with marvel which is owned by disney
0: something i think honestly um i think the advertising and marketing for solo may have hurt the movie in a sense at least from my point of view that, you know, because the way that the marketing, the way I took the marketing and the way I looked at it, um, was like the marketing and the movie were two completely different things. Like they weren't really meshed together at all. The marketing tried to make this movie different than what it was. And that could have maybe hurt expectations, but on the same spectrum, you were right, and this movie being so close after the Last Jedi and people still being mad about the Last Jedi meant that if this Star Wars movie wasn't, if this Star Star Wars movie wasn't going to be perfect, then it was going to immediately get criticized.
1: So I just don't understand why not push it to December. Really, because of Mary Poppins? Like, is that really what it was? Just there, were... there's
0: there's got to be there's got to be some reason. Maybe maybe they didn't have faith in the project. I, all
1: all credit. To Ron Howard and his team for hitting that. Th- this this movie never moved from that date, despite yeah. reshooting a rumored seventy percent of this movie. You know what I mean? So uh, you have to give Ron Howard credit for hitting that mark. And yeah. it and like I said, it doesn't feel like a tale of two movies, like how Justice League kind of feels like it's two separate movies in one. Solo, it feels like a consistent movie throughout. Even yeah. even the parts that you can be like, all right, Lord Miller definitely probably did this. It's still. F- Fits. It, you know what I mean? It doesn't. Yeah. It doesn't stand out. It's you can kind of tell. You know. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I, I want to talk more about solo in the coming weeks, just because I, wa- I want to keep it on our mind. Mm-hmm. Um, but we'll we'll see. We'll we'll see what we talk about next week. Uh, why don't we close out the episode before we get to the holocron? Uh, why don't you talk about your Battlefront two? experience so far. And you say you just wanna mention it. So uh Yeah how, how you feeling about it so far?
0: Well so for Christmas I got Battlefront too. And I played probably the first hour of it. I got to the part where um Iden was on indoor and, you know, that campaign mission there and then like that's where I stopped. Um and then fast forward to yesterday. Yeah, yesterday um i woke up and i didn't have any internet at the time so i was like well let let me see what i can find to play and so i decided to pop that in um and it was a little jarring at first because like i said it'd been like several months since i'd played it so it was kind of one of those "Eh." but in the short amount of time i played it, it 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 feels like a star wars story like it 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 feels like an original trilogy star wars it does it feels like it fits it feels like it fits in universe um, kind of in I the got, same way
1: rogue one kind of has that original trilogy feel yeah
0: to it. i got and the, the last thing i played was the luke hero mission um which when it popped up i was like oh here's one of those from but, a gameplay standpoint that
1: mission is terrible yeah absolutely it's, terrible it's, it's not, like there's it's, just the bugs and then the uh, hard, the bugs that harden it was
0: it was dumb It it feels like a. It feels like the. You remember in the first Battlefront where you played as Vader when the game was installing in the Hoth base, Mm -hmm. in the Rebel Hoth base. That mission felt like that with a story. Right. Okay. Gameplay wise but I liked at the end how it fit all together. It. It didn't.
1: That's what I was going to say. The story of that mission is awesome and yeah. so we'll talk about. I, I want to talk about just the whole story with you once you've beaten it. It's very short, so okay. I, I'm sure you yeah. can probably beat it with the um, play when you beat it. Play the resurrection DLC immediately afterwards, and just consider that part of the main story because it really is kind of part of the main story. Okay, they just it, it just seems like they weren't finished with it, so they were like, yeah. "Oh, it's free DLC," but it's really like it's really like the last mission. The of The only story. really
0: bad thing I have to say about it is where I'm at in the story right now. You, I mean, I know. I, I guess spoiler alert. I know that she, I basically switches sides. That's about all I know. But even still, not knowing that, from my knowledge of film and my knowledge of storytelling, in that first, what, do you, what would you say? those first two or three hours of the game, where I'm at. At the end of that, yeah, I'd say you're like three hours in maybe within the first three hours of the game, you can tell where the story's going to go. You can tell yeah, that she that's realizes the, thing is the
1: story is. It's very, yeah. <laughs> I'll but, I'll, I'll, let, I'll let you see for yourself but yeah. Yeah,
0: but I like that with Dell though. When Dell was talking to Luke and it seemed very genuine of Oh, wait, maybe I was wrong about this. You know I love like, that
1: scene where uh where there's there's no door. <laughs> yeah, like there's no yeah. there's no panels that open another door and he's like how did the emperor get in here? And Luke uses the force and he's like you're a Jedi and he's like or he says
0: something about um He says something like, about it was like wait, like, so you're telling me that the guy who 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 killed all the jedi was secretly one of them or something like that
1: yeah or something like he, he's um luke says something along the lines of like the uh you you had the wrong guys or something like that you know what i mean i i want to go re-watch that scene yeah um but yeah he says something along the lines of like
0: yeah you you were hunting you down the, fearing wrong people. the wrong thing yeah you you were fearing the wrong thing right something like that
1: um, I, I love that line. I thought that was great, and then uh, and then he finds that compass that is just a, a MacGuffin because <laughs> yeah. it doesn't it doesn't go anywhere in the story. Spoilers, and uh, and it's just kind of there on Luke's desk in Last Jedi just as like a cameo, but it doesn't have anything to do with anything so far.
0: But maybe it's like the dice maybe it'll have meaning <laughs> uh, maybe. 20 some odd 40 some odd years down the line or in so. a
1: comic book like luke will yeah. use it in a comic book or something so.
0: but i mean so far like it feel like i i kind of wish that i would have played more because i do enjoy the way it feels it feels like a star like a star wars story like it doesn't feel ooh ea uh, like you know it doesn't feel like that it doesn't feel like it's being oh yeah like, that,
1: the hatred towards ea was definitely for the loot boxes it definitely wasn't the but campaign
0: I, I, I also heard some like Stuff about how the campaign was terrible. Because, I think people, you know, it, it, it probably
1: was, they people were already mad about the game and then the campaign wasn't perfect, so then they just kind of took it out on that. I think the campaign is like a like a 6.5, 7 out of 10. It's like a good, not great. Yeah.
0: The game also on a pro, on a 4K TV, looks just fantastic. I mean, it, the cutscenes in particular. I'm sitting here watching. I'm like, my God, this looks good. Like, this looks like an episode, like a cleaner episode of, like, Clone Wars or something like that. I mean, it's very pretty. Oh, it's
1: gorgeous. Um, So, yeah, so maybe we'll talk about that next week. That's actually something we reasonably Uh could talk about next week uh, once you've beaten. Are you planning on beating it? It's not, like I said, you don't have a lot longer to do, so you might as well just crank it out.
0: I don't start work until Wednesday, so, yeah, I should be able
1: to beat it by then. Just crank it out tomorrow. You can do the whole thing with the Resurrection. Like I'm telling you, the Resurrection DLC if this game shipped two months later, would it just been part of the main story? Yeah. And because like, of the way that the story ends. So um, we'll talk about that when we get there. And so this week's Weekly Holocron, like I mentioned earlier in the show, is going to be the Boonta Eve Classic. So this is uh, the pod race that Anakin Skywalker had won his freedom in. Uh, so it was, and this is according to Wikipedia or StarWars.Wikia.com. Uh, it was an annual pod race on Tatooine, held in and around the Grand Arena in Mos Espa. The event was held by the Hut Clan to commemorate the holiday Bunta Eve, and was recorded by numerous Hologlide J fifty-seven camdroids. So those camdroids actually have a name. That's kind of cool. I did not know that. Uh, let's see. One such race held at the same time as the trade. Fed- oh, okay. So this is just saying it. It was held at the same time the Trade Federation invaded uh, Naboo. Uh, it was presided over by of the Hutt. Winner was Anakin Skywalker in that specific Boon to Eve classic, obviously. Uh, so Anakin actually had a time of 15 minutes and 42 seconds. I did not know there was a specific time uh, for his his uh, finish in that.
0: Why not? <laughs> really, why not?
1: Now the great stat in this that I'm looking at on Wikipedia, Wikipedia, is of the 18 participants, only 6 racers typically finish. So this, that's sixty-six percent don't finish the race, either by dying or their pod explodes. Uh, that that's fascinating to me. That that like that many racers like go in knowing they're probably gonna blow up.
0: It sounds like old school, gla- uh, you know, gladiator kind of events where you know you're expected as a as a viewer, you're expected to see death here, and that's just that's just the normal. But this is just entertainment,
1: right? So. So let me know if you rec- how many of these racers you recognize from the uh, the uh, 32 BBY Boon to Eve classic uh, which was the Anakin Skywalker uh, one How many of these do you recognize? Aldar Bido Dud Bolt that one I recognize from the Star Wars Pod Racer on uh, on N64. All the ones that I do recognize I recognize from Star Wars Pod Racer. Eve Endicott that one I remember too, Gasgano, Mars Guo, Clegg Holdfast, Neva Key, Odie Mandrell. See that name? I always get confused with Ord Mantel. the planet. Ah, uh. because it's like in episode nine when when uh, you know when Leia's like, "I thought you were saying, and he's like, "Well, that bounty hunter that we that." Uh, that chased us down on or, uh, Ord Mantell. It's like I always get him confused with Odie Mandrell, the, the Podrick because they're so similar in name. And it's weird, like this was like a long time after Empire, like f- from a physical, like in real life standpoint. So it's like, why would you make a name so similar? Uh, but so I, it's just funny. Uh, Mohanik. That's a that's a very weird name. Ben Quatinaros, That's my favorite guy. <laughs> he's the best. He's he's like. He's just so funny-looking. He's the guy, he has, like, a really big head. Yeah. It
0: um, he, he, wasn't he the one that had, like, like, each turbine had, like, six smaller turbines on it, four or six on it, and then it's the one, like, immediately, like, one of the turbines took off, like, right when he started.
1: Yeah, he's the one that had the, the pit droids. Yeah. They were, like, the the um, Larry Moe and Kirby yeah. uh, p- uh, pit droids, the, like, the, the Three Stooges. <laughs> um, ben Quadenares, man. What a character. Team Toe Pogalies. Uh, this guy, uh, he's interesting. I think he has like the big teeth, kind of like almost like an alligator mouth. Bulls Roar. Never heard it. I don't know who that is. Arc Roos. I don't know. There's. I don't even recognize a lot of these actually. Surprisingly, I guess they didn't put all of them in the Star Wars Podracer game. <laughs> uh, Juan Sandage. Don't know who that is. Of course, Sebulba. Uh Sebulba is the dug. That that, that's what they're called, Dougs? Yeah, they're called Doug. Uh, D U G, not D O U G. Like my friend Doug at work. Uh, Anakin Skywalker, of course, who wins the race. He's the only human that can race them because he is a Jedi, or at least will become one. Uh, I tried to think of the lyrics to the (laughs) to the uh, the Weird Al song, but the saga begins. But I couldn't (laughs) think of it on the spot, so it just came off awkward. Uh, Rats. Tyrell. Uh, I don't even know who that is. Like I got to like look up all these pictures. Um, if you're listening, check out this
0: Rex Tyrell. I remember. I okay, remember so I see it.
1: Yeah, I'm looking at him now and I recognize him. Uh, he actually kind of looks like a character that a JJ would use. I don't know why. Yeah, I remember Don Ball too. Bree, there's no picture for him, so that must have just been like a like a generic pod on in the race that you like don't see the driver in.
0: Ga- is, is Gasgano, is he, uh... Com- com- he looks like he's kamino com- Uh, no,
1: he is... I'm looking at Gasgano it's now. It's Troikin,
0: Is his homeworld.
1: Yeah, he is a Zexto. He's the guy, he has, like, six arms, or, like, four arms or something. Go
0: uh, okay, okay, I remember. Yeah,
1: but he does, like, if you look at just the thumbnail for him, he does look kind of Kaminoan. He has the long kind of stalk of a neck and then the kind of big, bulgy eyes. Um, but I don't think that I don't think Kaminoans actually go anywhere other than Kamino. You know, like I don't think, I, I don't so think that because uh, because they're kind of like foreign. Like they they're supposed to kind of be like Star Wars is kind of traditional alien. Like how yeah. like you know like uh like the the big like gray skin, big bulb-y, bulbous heads with the bulging uh-huh. eyes. Um, like that's like st- that's what I love. And this is kind of you know going off the rails, but that's what I loved about the Kaminoans is that. We're we're surrounded by aliens and weird life and weird technology and stuff, and the Kaminoans still feel so much weirder and so much more foreign, and that's why I, I love that about the Kaminoans. It's so cool and the, the way that George portrayed him.
0: Well, see that that's the thing going back to George, I guess at the, at the top of the show, is it's and it's kind of same way with JJ as well jj and george focus on the ancillary parts of of their movies like they you know like this is the prime example looking at the participants of the budive classic is maybe by name i don't recognize but the moment i look at them i realize that each and every one of those characters for the most part was shown off in the movie like the, the the film took a second to hey let's see all these people at some point during this scene And it's like, let's focus, and he did that throughout, you know, the prequel trilogy in particular, is we saw all these really cool world-building creatures that we hadn't seen prior. Stuff like that I love. And then J.J., primarily in response to having more practical effects, there was a lot of really cool creatures that were created for The Force Awakens, or shown off again in The Force Awakens, so...
1: Yeah, that's the one. The one thing that and I think I've mentioned this before in the past is I wish that the the Maz Cantina scene spent a little more time leading up to revealing Maz because you kind of don't really see all the aliens for long enough, you know. Yeah. Um, but it definitely, at least JJ did kind of have that feeling. I I know I hate on Canto Byte a lot, and I don't want to seem like because I'm not a Last Jedi hater. I actually like the movie, but the Canto Byte stuff. I'm like ugh.
0: Well, even I we just didn't about like the way the
1: aliens were. Just, I don't like the way they looked. A lot of them, like most of them, were CGI. Which, yeah. if CGI's done well, I don't mind it. But,
0: well, the deleted scene, cantabite scene, was way better. Like when it showed off the way it was, like the blocking of it. Right, right. It was so much better than the scene they actually went with. The scene they actually went with felt too kind of slapsticky, and it just it felt weird and put in. The other one felt like a cantina scene. Right, it reminded me of
1: you know the cantina scene from A New Hope. yeah so
0: uh yeah so that's what we,
1: <laughs> we got off the rails a bit from the boon eve classic uh but go play some pod racing if you have a ps4 go buy a star wars racer revenge if you have an n64 go to your local game use game shop and get uh star wars pod racer for n64 that's my favorite one that game is great uh, i love the whole like you're in a cantina at the start of the game to like choose your character and all that stuff i love that stuff uh, but that's going to wrap it up for Episode 9 of Hello There, a Star Wars podcast. Uh, you have anything you want to close up with, Nate, before we wrap up?
0: No, um, I'm going to try to finish uh, Battlefront 2 this week. And home hopefully hopefully going to finish Rebels soon. Um, hopefully by the time that uh, that uh, trial expires, I should have it finished. But, um, yeah, like you said earlier, it's kind, we're kind of in a drought right now. Not a whole lot's going on. Um, I think we just need to plan
1: kind of ahead of time for some stuff to dig into you know what I mean like like some uh, maybe 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 rewatch the movies and then see if there 's something that stands out and be like oh let 's
0: talk about that this week I think that's what maybe, maybe well, that'll be our homework <laughs> for the week yeah. go back and watch Empire maybe and kind of dig into it a little bit more since solo's right off the heels so
1: all right so yeah so again this has been hello there episode nine the untitled forthcoming movie of star wars <laughs> um, again i'm anthony palm that is nate hicks if you want to reach out to us you can hit us up on twitter i'm at anthony palm nate is at 6617 that is S T I X One 17 if you want to know the reason behind his name you can check out my other podcast uh, which is ps best friends that's a playstation podcast where when he was on a very long time ago he explained what that means um, but you can also email us at hello there podcast at gmail.com if you have any suggestions for stuff you want us to talk about on the show if you have any thoughts on anything we did talk about uh, we would love to hear from you and also if you wouldn't mind going to your podcast app of choice uh, but preferably iTunes would actually be the best uh, just give us a five-star rating. That, that would be a massive, massive help to us. It'll get more people listening to the show, which will get more uh, user feedback, which means that we can give you a better podcast. So we would greatly appreciate that. We're never going to do ads on this or anything like that. So you don't need to worry about that. Uh, but that's the only thing we ask is if you can give us a five-star rating on iTunes, uh, that'd be a huge help. Thank you all for listening. May the force be with you all. So uncivilized.